0: And welcome to another edition of The Only Podcast. Uh, I am your co-host, Austin Smith, joined as always by your other co-host, John Kirby. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter, at Austin, oh no, that's not my handle, at ACSmith06 and at John underscore Kirby. And as always, follow the mothership at The Only Colors. That's one of the rockier, that was the Michigan State fourth quarter of intros from last week.
1: Austin, you almost gave me your burner account.
0: I told you that in confidence.
1: Dude, rough weekend for us. Uh, men's soccer program took their first L of year. Yeah. At Wisconsin. Real rival.
0: Real ri- hashtag real rival. Um, yeah. So we always start with the soccer now. So yeah, we might as well.
1: But guess what? It, it's hoop season. Oh, yeah. Midnight Madness is this Midnight week. Midnight Madness <laughs> is this week. Man. I'm fired up. I, I'm almost not ready. I, and I, you know, I I'm, love ready.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sort of in that like joyous part where it's so fun to think about like, yeah, I get to watch basketball again. And then it gets close and you're uh-huh. just like, oh no, it's going to be so stressful for the next like yeah. six
1: months. It's about right. Yeah.
0: And I mean, I think we'll enjoy this team a little more and we'll get way more into it in the coming weeks, but I think we'll enjoy this team a lot. More if you enjoy old Michigan State teams like vintage Izzo, they start maybe not great, but they really grow into themselves mm-hmm. towards the end of the non-con and really into the Big Ten season. This could be it. This could be it. Like I feel like, feel like we're finally gonna get joy out of like call them middle of the road wins. Not because yeah. we're on par with these middle of the road teams, yeah. but because that really means something to this group of players that. You know, have to step up and fill a huge talent void.
1: And you can, like you mentioned, alluded to a little before, you can see him grow.
0: Yeah, it's like, more fun.
1: Oh, yeah, man.
0: Like, do you remember how much fun it was to watch Adrian Payne finally get it? Man, I think... After he he and Brandon Dawson fought each other. I think that was the moment. Yeah. No, they fought each other at Penn State. <laughs> and <laughs> then... Got... Yeah. The and little... then he came out and started stroking threes and everyone was like, what the hell just Someone happened? Someone just
1: needed to... Punch him, yeah. Or he, or did Brandon Dawson punch the wall that game? Punch, right? He yeah, he yeah. Brandon Dawson loved punching stuff. When I punch, when I get in fights, I don't aim for the wall, but that's where Brandon did. And
0: that's just his thing. So he just loves hitting stuff. Generally, a bad idea if you're an athlete that needs to use their hands, which is the vast majority of athletes. I wouldn't recommend hitting things. Soccer guys go nuts. Though. Soccer guys. Yep. Yeah, punch all you want. You can <laughs> run around with two clubs on out there. You might be better that way.
1: We're thinking about yeah.
0: This is, we're in the year three thousand right now.
1: Because this is an MSU Men's Soccer podcast, we just think about these yeah. types of yeah, situations. So, Get the team you know the advantages they need. Yeah,
0: clubs on hands. Just call us if you need any ideas. Just call us. Um, but yeah, Midnight Madness is Friday. Should be exciting. Leading. Lots of new faces.
1: Well, and that leading that leads into uh, homecoming for the football. That's right. It's like a really cool weekend. It's, it's gonna be a great around. weekend
0: if you can be there. Be there. Um, if you, I wish I could. Yeah. This past weekend, um, beautiful day oh, for man. football. Oh, man, picturesque. As they say, three, it was a beautiful day for football.
1: And three quarters of it was good to watch. Yeah. And Those three were great. The fourth wasn't so fun. So today, we'll walk through the good, the bad, and the weird of the 31-20 to 20 victory over Hashtag Fire Up Chips Central Michigan University. The fighting John
0: Bonamigos. Um, that guy. That guy. Love that guy. Um, okay, so let's some fun let's things start.
1: Some fun things happen. So first, uh, through three quarters of defense, or so, excuse me, for four quarters, we allowed sixty-three yards rushing, the most on the season.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is that it is, all over? I is believe- the
1: defense bad now? Do we scrap the program? Scrap the program.
0: Burn <laughs> it down. <laughs>
1: Uh, I just read uh, MSU Spartans football tweeted today that the 161 rushing yards allowed this season is the lowest four game total of any power five team since 2008.
0: Yeah, it's good. For those our age, 2008 seems recent. It's it's, It's not. It's 10 years ago. It's a decade of football. That's, that's good. And again, I feel like what gets lost in the, you know, maybe not super dope, performance is th- this.
1: That is so far past elite. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Obnoxious, almost. I'm, I If I'm an offensive coordinator, take half the playbook, throw it out.
0: Yeah, right, and I think a lot of people will point to, like, oh, but they're doing it against these teams. I will then point you to the schedules that these teams have played and the rushing
1: totals they put up against other teams. I invite any in all of the power five teams since 2008 to find a better four game stretch.
0: <laughs> Literally. You cannot. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this, I mean, inevitably it's going to, you know, you're going to come back to the norm a little bit, but the norm of this year might be one of the top five, if not the best rush defense in the country, because you look at the big 10, you know, listen, Ohio state's always going to be a challenge. Michigan loves to run the ball for better or worse. Penn state can run the ball, both with their quarterback and their good run, great running back. And KJ Hamler. So you're going to get, this is going to get tested. But you, I mean, going in at the very least, you have to feel confident.
1: I mean, the team, this is the same uh, rushing unit that was second in the nation last year. Yeah. And under this, 100 yards a good, game. It's a good point. So, like, why not? Yeah. You know, I, so, will the number inflate, you know, as of now? it's if, In all likelihood, yes. I almost hope so because, like, the. <laughs> Holding teams to 40 yards a game, yes. which they're doing right now, rushing, is... Crazy town. I mean, that is just past absurd. So that's good. Yeah, that's the good. Um, the bad news is, um, kind of fell asleep at the wheel in the fourth quarter there, huh?
0: Yeah, so in case you missed the game, or we'll just do a brief recap. You know, MSU was up 31-3 to three yep. towards the end of the third. Um, had really... Central hadn't even really had...
1: Yeah,
0: there was no no real sense of danger. I think, you know, MSU just, again, like you said, sort of fell asleep at the wheel. I think they kind of turned it in and, and sort of shut down. Now, you hate to see that. That's not a good trait. I think it speaks to some underlying concerns, maybe not even underlying, but some overall concerns that I think are valid right now and that this team might not be the most... Mature or mentally strong team in the world. Um,
1: which is weird.
0: Which is weird. Which is something, again, okay, so that's sort of a theme here as well. Um, but yeah, just the fourth quarter was not great. A really bad busted coverage on the trick play for a touchdown. Uh, and then just some dumb penalties that kept drives alive. The, the really bad botch on the not being ready for the onside kick.
1: That's Listen, the worst to me.
0: Credit to Central Michigan because they executed those and they were poised and, you know, even though the game was over, they kept, you know, busting their asses and, and trying to stay in the game. They cut it to 11 with six and a half minutes left. That's a two-possession game.
1: It's And, you know, it made a lot of people rightfully uncomfortable. I mean, yeah. the, the reason that, you know, I'm kind of on both sides of this is, one, uh, it was 31-3. to three. It needs to be done, right? Like, you, the yeah. game is over. It can't it, – it should never be in question again. The problem is that Central has – the most points they scored all year was 20. And we, they matched that.
0: Yeah, 17 nothing in the fourth quarter.
1: Man. Yeah,
0: and it's that theme of, like, this team just not uh, being mentally strong or disciplined or just not being able to get clicking on all cylinders. And you're four games in now. Um, this is certainly a trend that they can correct, but there is an element of this sort of is, is who it? you are yeah. at some point. Um, I, of the things that are correctable yeah. I think discipline in general awareness I think getting into games that are a little bigger can play a really big role in that. Uh, getting into the Big Ten, you know, things of that nature um, it's a sloppiness not only from a what feels like a play calling perspective you know, I, I saw a stat that shocked me after through threw the, his interception in the end zone uh, he has seven turnovers through four games There's the most of any player in the Big Ten that's not good, and that's not something again that you expected from him or this team coming into this year. So
1: yeah, I mean, you got it's a not guy, great. <laughs> your quarterback, like you, like you mentioned, uh, Brian, um, almost all self inflicted. There were a couple.
0: Yeah, there was one,
1: the Dotson one in the end zone uh, was not his fault. Not his fault. Um, but then we've seen some some just bad mistakes. I will say that I think that he got a
0: little screwed on this one as well because mm-hmm. there's a little PI Oh, major PI he got tugged pretty good and I kind of can't I think he just did it so deftly by pulling on the front of Felton's jersey that uh he just sort of got away with it and you know hey it's not cheating if you don't get caught but also I don't know I, I just it's it's how'd a little you, concerning
1: how'd you feel about Brian mentioning that almost I don't want to say calling out the officials, but saying that happened. Uh,
0: D'Antonio said the same thing. I mean I think it's fair, you know. I, listen, that's a big we've seen bigger upsets than this take place throughout college football. Yeah. We've seen bigger upsets than this. We've seen Central Michigan beat Michigan State. Yep. In Spartan Stadium. This isn't something that's historically crazy, but um and that can be the moment that comes back to kill you in the end. Yep. Um so I don't really blame him for getting on the refs. And I don't blame him for being you know, frustrated with himself and his team. The thing that scares me with Brian Lewerke now moving forward is that if he is not able to correct his little wild streak, mm-hmm. then Michigan State's going to end up having a tough time with some of these better teams. Yeah. Because he, I th- I think we saw it, we saw some improvement in the running game um, today, which was, I mean... I pray to God, you know, everyone's like, yeah, I hope they improved." You know, they going against one of the worst rush defenses in the country, but mm-hmm. you saw steps forward there. But I think it's still really obvious that the passing attack and Brian Lewerke with his legs is going to have to carry this team.
1: Or, or Brian being able to uh, be the best rusher. Well,
0: that's what I mean. He's going to have to do this. Maybe not only with his arms, but also with his arm, maybe both arms, uh, but also with his legs. And if he can't, be consistent and make the smart decisions that, you know, game, some games are just not going to go Michigan State's way.
1: That's right. So um, there were some positives. Um, yeah. You know, we saw LDJ continue uh, to grow up in front of our eyes.
0: Yeah. He's a big time player, man.
1: So, I mean, he has potentially, you know, with LJ Scott, who took what we believe to be a precautionary game off, was taking first-string Carries. I mean, in in the sense that, um, you know, he had 13 um, to Connor Hayward's 15. I mean, they're split.
0: That's an even split. And I think that, you know, makes just pretty much what you had to expect coming into this one. You saw a lot of guys get the day off. I mean, I think anybody, and, you know, you'll never know because Michigan State will never admit it. But um, I think anybody who was below 80% probably just didn't play. I mean, you saw... Speedy Naylor, you know, there's no other excuse. There's no other reason to sit him the week after he has his breakout game than he's, you know, even slightly nicked up and, hey, we think we can handle this without you. Him, Daryl Stewart, um, Kevin Jarvis Butler. didn't play, Josh Butler in the secondary despite being down, you know, Josiah Scott already didn't play. So no Camp
1: Chambers. No Camp
0: Chambers, right. So, the you know, the list kind of goes on. I don't think Stewart played either. No, yeah, Daryl Stewart didn't play. So,
1: I mean, yeah, they, and that's okay, and, you know, we ideally it's all precautionary, but it gave a lot of opportunity, and a lot of people stepped up, up until right there at the end, where mm-hmm. just, and, you know, I don't want to toss blame, but I, I think it starts with a mental blip that is on the coaches, specifically a special teams coach. Yeah. When it's the fourth quarter, and you are ahead by 21, how how do you not think that they might onside kick in what world would an underdog of 28 and a half points not consider onside kick and have you completely unready for that yeah and that is completely on the coaching staff and i'm not saying that things spiraled after that but if that doesn't happen you gave momentum if that doesn't happen the game may just end 31 to 10 yeah right you know and it's just a wrap so Really disappointed in that. Um,
0: I mean, overall, coming out of this, I don't think the final score is truly indicative of the way that this game was played. Yeah, Michigan State didn't come out and blow the doors off them, but we've seen plenty of other teams destroy bad teams and then go on to lose big games. So, um, subtweet. Yeah, whatever. So I'll say it out loud if I have to, but, um, yeah, I, again, you're not, you don't love it, but the fact is you were up 31 to three, you ran the ball fairly effectively, despite being down a lot of your offensive playmakers um, it's fine. I thought the pass defense held up really well with the exception of the one badly blown coverage which was by Trey Person which mm-hmm. is a byproduct of not playing Josh Butler and not playing and not mm-hmm. having Josiah Scott. Yep. Um can live with it. And they got to the they got to the quarterback a ton. They did. Um all in all I, I thought it was pretty good. They just still they, they eventually they just got to There's going to be one game here coming up and it maybe it's the next game where they just click like, there's no you uh,
1: like I, I can't
0: imagine it. them making it through a season
1: you'd like to see clicking. it cuz you know it's not so far away um they scored on not a lot of 11... good not a lot of tough games are not so far away no 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 and i meant i meant the team clicking is not so, so Oh far sure away. yeah it's not saw a some almost there scored on 5 of 11 possessions the last possession being one that they uh ran out the clock um you know on an impressive drive that iced the game Um, converting on a fourth down, and yeah, it was a 13-play, 67-yard drive that ate up six minutes and 44 seconds. That's what you want. That's a closer. That's good. Yeah, absolutely. So you're not that far away, and you know, let's say that the game is extended. That's probably going to result in points. That's 6 of 11 um, reserving in points. You can live with that. That's good. Absolutely. Um, What you can't have, though, is uh, inside the 10-yard line, Brian scores on two plays that were broken, Mm -hmm. not designed this guy improvised which is what we love that's not the negative the negative is that the design plays just don't work inside the ten.
0: um yeah they seem predictable they seem they're not able again this is where not being able to run the ball Mm -hmm. predictable downs and distances is going to kill you I think part of that's on you know some of the offensive line maybe not playing but I think you've seen it consistently enough through the first four games to realize it's Probably just not happening.
1: So uh, that brings up an interesting thing to keep an eye out for the rest of the season unless things drastically change. When Michigan State team gets not just in the red zone, but inside the 10-yard line, yeah. now you're in the ultra-tight space. And when you can't get three yards a pop, that makes things even more incredibly difficult. And you see Brian, yes, there was a pass interference, but throwing in tighter yeah. windows and bad, bad things happen. Yep.
0: So uh, We said it last week. If you have to rely on the past, there's just more variable,
1: more room for error inside the ten. Moving forward, and Michigan State gets that ball inside the ten at first and goal, or what, whatever it is, <laughs> my butt gets yeah. tight. It's clenched. It's not good. Full on clenched. Because you're like you were so close, but it's like you're you don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, I, it feels like they don't know what to do. Like when uh, for for me um, when Felton got tackled at the one, right? And I was damped. like, like moving forward. It's like and we'll talk about this a little bit later um about uh, explosive plays but it's like you they must result in the points during that explosive play because you get nervous about what'll happen if it doesn't
0: I mean at some point just throw three fades to felton Davis like <laughs>
1: Not, I, I
0: hate the, I hate the fade I hate the fade but you have but, but if you can't run the ball but if felcro's out there if you've got young felcro out there making grabs and that's all he does is make plays
1: thrown the ball three times. I don't know. Find me find me corners that are gonna stop it. You wanted to talk about the offensive line a little bit, specifically yeah. around the youthfulness.
0: So I want to talk about a couple different things. And all of them are reasons for optimism. Mm-hmm. Um maybe not immediate term optimism, but partially. And I think I've mentioned this last week. But the offensive line is at, its – first of all, it's ravaged by injury. Yeah. They've already started, I think, four different combinations in four weeks. You've seen – they said only Jordan Reed is your starter that started four games at the same position. Wow. That's not good. Wow. Also, that's the last guy I want to have start four games in a row, personally, because yeah. I think he's playing out of position. Um, but it's – you know, you've had him – Tyler Higby's been playing center, he's been playing guard, he played some tackle. Luke Campbell's moved inside to play tackle. Cole Chewins has been, you know, a little bit of everywhere. Matt Allen seems to have kind of settled in at center, I guess. <laughs> David Beadle's been hurt. I mean, Matt Carrick played for the first time this week. You've he got names. Some
1: weird names. Yeah. yeah.
0: The one thing I'll say is that this is still a really young offensive line. You have one senior playing in that entire group, and that's David Beadle. Yeah. And aside from him, your other two juniors, your only other two offensive upperclassmen are Cole Chewens and um, Tyler Habe. Chewens and Beadle have been hurt probably for at least half of this season so far. So you've been playing mostly sophomores and freshmen. Yeah. That, to me, is scary in the short term but really encouraging long term and yeah. i guess it to me it makes me think okay this is a group that can learn this is a group that can gel if they can just get some level of consistency this group can improve not only now but definitely moving into the future so it doesn't look great but a couple things first as much as we may want them to just throw the ball 50 times and <laughs> i think it's better to just flip that number of passes to to runs the likelihood, as we've seen in the past, might not be that high. Um, also, I just I just think maybe they've, they've got a chance to break through eventually. I well, don't know. But then also, aside from the
1: offensive line. Okay. Sorry,
0: unless you got a point.
1: No, no, no. Point. Here's open to that.
0: Yeah. I haven't been drinking, I swear. <laughs> um, the other part is that the talent of the skill positions on this team is really high. Like, the running backs and receivers of this team has top to bottom – I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, Michigan State does not usually have a team with this level of depth. I mean, you're just finding guys like Speedy Naylor, and he didn't even play this week. Yep. You've got, I mean, I thought Larryce Nelson played pretty well in this game. Um, Felton Davis is Felton, you know, Felcro is Felcro. Uh, you saw some Emmanuel Flowers in this game. I don't think he had a catch, but he did play. He did play. Um, you just got guys that keep making plays, not only the outside, but also the running backs. I mean, we saw three running backs in Connor Hayward, big boy, uh, Weston Bridges, and LDJ all have some really nice runs. And just not only in your list, none of them broke off this big game break or anything like that, but they looked like they knew what they were doing and they were running hard. Yep. I think they I think all three of them. I bet eventually one of them transfers because you're going to end up in a situation where they're all too good to not... One of them is going to want to go play somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's exciting. So if that offensive line can just gel, I mean, I think that's honestly probably the biggest thing that's been keeping this team from, from popping at this point because you're affecting Brian's confidence, you're forcing him to make plays,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and you can't give the other guys the space or time that they need. So.
1: true. I mean... Um... Yeah, I mean, Weston Bridges came in. That was a nice change of pace. He got went for a series, um, fumbled. Um, I think Did he, fumble. Yeah, I, that wasn't great. I don't know if we're going to see him anymore if uh, you know, if LJ's back, which I think we think he's probably going to be playing this week, ideally. So um, – you know, might have been the end of the Western Bridges side. Yeah, but you years. saw
0: some nice things out of him, though. I mean, this kid hadn't played organized football in like two this years due to ACL tears, and you would never know it watching
1: him. Dude, I, I'm a fan. I like the man. kid.
0: Yeah. So. Um, biggest takeaway from this game, though, is probably the fact that we now have LDJ's true nickname, Ooh. Luxurious Jefferson. Which is just... Shout out to Andrew Elms for shooting that to us after being at the game. That is... I could not... Possibly, have come up with a better nickname myself.
1: So, apparently, that was a result of the closed captioning oh. at Spartan Stadium.
0: Yes. Couldn't be better. It's a great error. Sometimes, mistakes end up being just What fine. was,
1: what was uh, the the closed captioning error for uh, Nick Stauskas in the NBA? Oh,
0: uh, Hot
1: Sauce, something like that? Or is it Sauce Castillo? Sauce Castillo. Or something like that. That's even better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so last thing's on top of the weird, and I'll leave it alone, but we just have to talk about it. With uh, Dave Warner, I don't know if he had his best game. There's a lot of chatter online about, <laughs> you know, how he did. Yeah. The only only thing that I'll have real beef with was in the final drive. Um, we're just trying to ice the game. And it was first and 10, I think with like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter how much time was left, like six minutes or so. It's like this weird Brian Lewerke rollout to his left, away, and then a fade down the sideline to so- to to Sowers, not to Felton. And you're like, what? What? How? Why? And I get it. We aren't. It's not on Sowers. The kid it's just been on the unfortunate side of a couple calls we've been questioning uh, the Jets week oh. before. So,
0: yeah, Dave's always good for a couple head scratchers every game.
1: Uh. But – that's why they pay him the big bucks to make us mad. Yep. So uh, you know, all in all, uh a win. Probably the second easiest game on the entire schedule. Um, Rutgers being the easiest. We'll see if they continue to be butgers. Um, but you oh, know, they will. I hope so. Other stuff happened. Yeah. Moving around the country and talk about some of the notable results around the country.
0: Yeah. So first one, um, this seems unfair, but it appears Kentucky now has a football program. Are they
1: the real? They might be. <laughs> they're they're they they're are, certainly looking pretty good. They are definitely ranked 13th in the country right now. It's it's a true statement. I am so uncomfortable, yeah, being not the best football program in the Champions Classic right. <laughs> That bothers me to no end. Yeah, that's
0: a really good point. I can't have that. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, they, played, but I told you, man, Benny Snell.
1: They took care of business against South Carolina, twenty-four to ten. Um, and you want to take a look? I mean, they will have to play Georgia. Things could come crashing. Yeah, down that to earth. that
0: might. Yeah, things might get very real very quickly. But I'm going to tell you
1: what they weren't. So they're not. Those are not the goals in Lexington in <sighs> in the in the late summer early fall okay the fact that they are even in this situation is unreal well, yeah, yeah. sorry they, they have they, i mean they're probably going to go 10-2 and you know what it's not even the offense it's that their defense is like very good because think about who they play they their schedule is they play middle tennessee state at home oh don't I like that they play vanderbilt at home i don't know if vandy's that great they're not it's a home game louisville away they're awful Yep. Like I'm not Tennessee away. Awful. Not, not a good team. Right? Like, are you seeing where I'm what I'm putting down here? I have. Oh, t- yeah. I'm picking it up. Three. And then there's
0: you're gonna get to a real big one.
1: Well, and then they play at Missouri. Mm, Do close. you feel terrible about that? I mean, I don't even know if they win that game, but it's like it's a toss up. It's a winnable game. It's a toss up. And then at Texas A and is probably a loss. Oh that's and, a tough one. And then A and M's not that good, but at away, this team hasn't ever won before right? Yep. and then a home game against Georgia that wasn't in the row of that's schedule, gonna but. end
0: poorly but at least it's a home game but listen if you're Kentucky you're 5-0 and, and o, you and could two. easily get to 9-3 and in your Kentucky f- you finish ranked do we play them in a bowl game it's very
1: possible for the right to be the best champions classic team I can get behind that let's fight for it
0: yeah Uh but that's a good team man they have a Linebacker named Josh Allen, which is funny. Uh, three sacks and four tackles for loss this week. People are, I mean, I think McShay is calling him the best outside linebacker prospect in the Ooh. draft. They've got, I mean, they have some guys that are going to, you know, go pro. They had three picks. They held South Carolina. Listen, not an offensive powerhouse. Held them to three points, though. Jake Bentley's not a bad quarterback. Hey,
1: how long ago was it that Stoops brought in that nice class? He's been decent recruits every year. That's what I mean. So, like, it's about, this is about that time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, you know,
0: I'm, I'm rooting for him for now. Big Blue, that's fine. Nah. <laughs> for now.
1: That ain't me. For now. Um,
0: well, it, something we can all get behind here. Okay,
1: so the next game we I told you to watch out for uh, to see if who is the contender and who's a pretender, uh, the Duke Blue Devils hosted Virginia Tech and just got walked all over. Kind of shockingly to lose by 17 to a team that just, in Virginia Tech, that just lost at Old Dominion.
0: That seems to me, I feel like that's going to end up being a huge anomaly. Like, Virginia Tech is
1: actually a good football team. I think you're right, but it was just a little surprising. Duke was on kind of the hot ACC Coastal team of the moment. Virginia Tech was trending very down, and Virginia Tech just took care of business. So, uh, Duke is the fake. Mm -hmm. Duke fake, Kentucky real. And then your game of the week last week. Yes, uh...
0: I actually ended up, I was flipping between this one and the Big Ten game of the week, which we're going to talk more about in a minute. Um, Notre Dame and Stanford. This game, really, I don't think that the final score was indicative of how good this game was. Notre Dame ended up smoking Stanford 38-17. This is a good team. (laughs) This is like a really good Notre Dame team. I was very impressed watching them. And yes, Stanford, you know, they had to go at Oregon and then at Notre Dame in back-to-back weeks, so I can understand yeah. how they might be a little winded, um, especially after the way that game ended last week. But uh, uh, And I still think KJ Costello is a really good young quarterback. Arcego Whiteside is a beast. You love him. He's a beast. Did you see the touchdown he had in that game? He, he just, just literally he stood wants. there and just held the guy off him with his elbow and then caught the ball. It was unbelievable.
1: Um, is all loved it.
0: Yeah. Oh, is always just. Yeah. Oh, yes. Great he, box out. He enjoyed out. it a lot. Um, but yeah, I I was very impressed by Notre Dame again um, for a couple of reasons. The first being Ian Book, this quarterback that they started playing last out week, of nowhere against Wake Forest, is so much better than Brandon Wimbush. He's like an actually a good thrower of the I ball, know. and he is a very effective runner. He's got. Mm. Um, He's just kind of a little scampery guy. I don't think he's big. He's either deceptively big or he's actually small. I just can't really tell which. Uh, he only has seven letters in his first and last name, so I lean small. Sure. Um, because he doesn't makes have sense. a lot of letters in his name. It makes it's sense. just math. Um, but he... Checks out. But that defense... Man, it was killing me to see some of the names playing on that defense. You like, to,
1: hey, no, it's really just
0: guys that that you know were Michigan State. I mean, Khalid Kareem, super boy, was a Michigan State. Unless I'm crazy, I, I believe he was a commit at one point right. in time. Um, you know, he was getting pressure all night. Dalen Hayes, another dude, Michigan State was all over um, linebacker, defensive end type kid uh making plays. You know, both of those guys were named. Drew Tranquil, I remember MSU recruited once upon a time. He's out there flying all over the place. I love Tevin Coney. This is like a really good Notre Dame team. And then offensively, Book makes the whole thing work. They got big receivers. They got some tight ends that are good. Um, I did see one of their running backs got the guy with the flaming hot Cheetos hair with the, the red <laughs> Yeah, the stomach ulcer here. Uh, he went out, but they're number two, pretty good. Now, a big thing for them is whether Alex Bars, the guard, got hurt during that game. He's a really good uh, offensive lineman, senior captain. So if he got hurt, that could change things for them. But we want to talk about this. Well, hold on. Okay.
1: You, this, well, we're not going to quite make the Notre Dame podcast quite yet. Right. We'll get to that. Um, because there are a few other things that happen around the country, but we're going to get to our playoff contenders and all. we'll talk about, uh, one of those playoff contenders Clemson held on for dear life against their bugaboo Syracuse. Yeah. They just kind of had, Dino has their number too much orange. They forget who's on whose team, but what was truly poetic is that Trevor Lawrence got hurt probably what one quarter after the big being uh, handed the program being handed the program. Essentially, uh, he, he overcame and won the starting job after splitting reps um, through the year with... Um, Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant says, I'm out of here. And all of a sudden, Trevor's gone. I, is Kelly Bryant not dressed? Does that mean he's not...
0: No, he said he's going to transfer, so he's like not with the program anymore. Okay, so,
1: man. So now all of a sudden, yeah. you have... Um, and then, keep in mind, the kid at this summer that transferred to Northwestern.
0: Yeah, Hunter Johnson. Hunter.
1: So now you have what the fourth kid on that yeah, roster. Chase Price, another Chase. Michigan State at one time recruit. <laughs> so this kid comes out and you know brings him back in the game, wins the game. Four eventually.
0: star quarterback. I mean, this kid. Was yeah, it's not great like he's,
1: he just found the stadium and they gave him a jersey. Like, right. <laughs> he, you know, they won twenty seven to twenty three at home, which is in a, in a game that you could just kind of you kept waiting for Clemson to just. Syracuse couldn't have the time go fast enough. Right, you yeah. Know, and it just didn't quite happen. But So Clemson, um, you know, continues their stranglehold on the ACC. But, you know, it's always fun to see the Blue Bloods, like, sweat. Yeah, oh, yeah. That
0: one. Um, That's big. I mean, Trevor, Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence's health is pretty imperative to them being good. I'm sure Chase Bryce is, you know, he can, a fine just, young quarterback. I but.
1: think the idea is Chase can, you know, steer the ship yeah. until Trevor is.
0: Dude, Chase, Chase was taking third string snaps last year and third, he's been, ta- he's never taken anything above a third string snap until this week. It's a, it's so
1: um another fun, weird thing I just wanted to throw out is uh <laughs> Washington state played Utah this week and won 28 to 24. Ho hum. But the real fun part is that Mike Leach managed to do it with zero yards rushing his
0: Picasso or his, his Mona Lisa.
1: He does these, he plays different. He's on a, playing a different game than the rest of us. Oh yeah, he really is. I mean, this is a guy that like he's he's the guy that you work with. That's older. He he has a ton of money. He kind of just comes for, like, something to do. Yeah. And he, he makes things as interesting as possible for himself. Yeah.
0: Right? And that's what he's doing. Loves standing around the, cof- the, the just coffee to machine. He likes
1: You know, he does his things in his own way. Makes things harder than maybe they need to be. Yeah. Like, asks
0: the extra question in the uh, meeting when he's not involved in the project. And you're like, is this...
1: Yeah. But it's because he's got a greater long game happening. Right. He's just trying to be a consultant. And... and the, I just love that Mike Leach is out there because like there are other legitimate programs like Utah who are like actually playing the game. And he's like, "Mm, I don't want to run. I'm going (laughs) to handicap myself this game for shits and just maybe see if I can do it. It's like, he's on the phone with somebody the night before you think I can do it. (laughs) Bet bet me that I can't do it. (laughs) So keep an eye on the pirate. Love what, love what he does out there. Um, some stuff happened in the Big Ten this week. Let's get into the conference play. Yeah, uh, Early morning game, Indiana kind of coasted against Rutgers, winning 24-17. to Indiana was in control for most of it, and then Rutgers attacked down, I think, a couple of possessions of points. Um, I mean, not a beautiful win. In fact, hurting Indiana's overall uh, S&P and other rankings, they don't care because they are two games from bowl eligibility. That's all you're looking for. That's the goal, man. And they have games, um, you know, they're, they're – they have some tough games coming up. You know, they still have Michigan, Penn State, yep. Ohio State. Not great. They need every dub they can get um, scrapped towards that six. Um, Purdue played uh, at Nebraska and won 48-28. to 28, Or, excuse me, 42-28. to 28. Nebraska is a new level of bad.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't – I don't think anybody saw this coming. Two, two scores at home –
1: Two possession losses at home to Purdue, bad. Yeah, that's not good. I mean, oof, I tell me when. When I'm not sure. Purdue to me, like, tell me a new rock bottom though.
0: Oh, this is this is bad. I mean, they're what? They're zero four.
1: Okay, so like they can lose to Colorado by five. That's fine.
0: Because mm-hmm. it's can, your first game of the year. They
1: can lose to. They can lose to Troy by five. Troy will be a nine-win team. Okay, they won the Fun Belt last year. I'm not. The, as far as rock bottoms go, mm-hmm. that's not rock bottom. Losing by 46 at Michigan, you're, you're knocking on, on the door. You're creeping. Now you have lost a home game after that 46 point beatdown. You lost a home game to Purdue by two possessions. It's not great, Bob. And now you're gonna, you know, you get to go do this week at Wisconsin. Oof. So when is rock bottom? Actually, here's a better game, Austin. Wins the. When do they get their first win? Well, let's look. At Wisconsin, yes or no? Uh No. At Northwestern? Maybe. Minnesota at home? Maybe. I mean, Bethune-Cookman.
0: If I'm betting, I'm not picking them in any, uh, maybe against Minnesota. No, I'm not betting no. on them against Minnesota if they win six. No. Is Bethune-Cookman, yeah.
1: Jesus. Bethune-Cookman. Is, and you know what? Wow, man, they might be looking at a two-win season. I think I said that last week. Yeah. They will win two games this year. They're lucky they didn't play Akron. They're going. That's what I said. They would have lost. They will lose. They they will beat Bethune Cookman, and they get to play Illinois at home. And Illinois has looked frisky enough to. I mean, I don't do something. You're not beating Ohio State. You're not beating Wisconsin. You're not going to win at Iowa. You're not going to beat us. Better not be Michigan State. The way the way they've looked, hell. At Northwestern, don't feel great about that. do not feel good Look, about that listen, one. Listen, we'll keep you updated on the win is rock uh, bottom we, for Nebraska
0: we get to, I, I, think, I think the, well, them at Northwestern has a chance to be like the Worst game whose disaster is worse bowl. Well,
1: because this season has well, been
0: a, a downright
1: disaster for both programs so far. Well, part of the reason was Northwestern um, played Michigan this weekend and had oh, them up seventeen just to nothing. Blew it. And Michigan, you know, this was another one of those games. Not, not saying Michigan is Clemson, but in this, the game couldn't have ended fast enough for
0: Northwestern.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, they Michigan scored and they kicked a field goal and they kicked a field goal and you're just like. You knew Northwestern was not going to score again. Yeah, and it just couldn't have been faster. And Northwestern just derped away the game.
0: Yeah, I mean credit to Michigan's defense for playing, you know, locking down after going down seventeen nothing. Mm-hmm. They have this habit, and you know what? I'll actually say it. Shout, like credit to Shea Patterson. He won the game for winning that game for them with his legs. Yeah, he ran, did not he win ran it for first
1: arm. down. Yeah, a couple and, of
0: big, big ones on but third. But
1: that's downs. what you do. He he was erratic. Yeah. So what do you do when you're erratic? Yeah. Yep. Take
0: care of it in other ways. Right? that's him. That's what he he's always huh. been. Exactly. I said that at the beginning, this is who he is. And if put, you let him do that, mm-hmm. he's gonna make plays for you.
1: But put that little nugget in your pocket yes. for a couple weeks. We'll we'll keep talking about yeah. him because he's not yeah. gonna change. The best game, not only in the conference but nationally, was Ohio State um, at Penn State. Instant classic. Yeah. I mean twenty seven to twenty six Ohio State victory. Um, A firm, with that victory, uh, a a firm stranglehold on the Big Ten East as of this week. And, man, those two teams were very evenly matched. More evenly matched than I anticipated. And you could argue Ohio Mm -hmm. State escaped with that win.
0: Oh, I I mean, Penn State blew it, is what happened. Penn State blew that game. Again. Again. (laughs) Yeah, it's not surprising. Ever since they, like, came out of nowhere and... Like, got James Franklin's first real big win, yeah. which was against Ohio State. They've gotten you just blew, blown one,
1: up. A one, times. one could argue a game they should not have won, though.
0: Oh, 100% so, a game they shouldn't have so won. So now it's, it's karma. Been flipped, yeah.
1: though, twice. No,
0: they, they really blew this and, in a lot of different ways. And it started when they scored, they were down 14 13, I think it was in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. They scored to go up 19 to 13. Uh, no, they're 19 to 14. And at that point, they could have either gone for two or kicked the extra Mm, point. mm -hmm. And they kicked the extra point. Now, sitting there thinking, that was really stupid. Because the difference between five and six is nothing. The difference between six and seven could end up being absolutely massive. And they lost by one point.
1: Really weird. You know, everyone loves James Franklin, so it Mm. seems a lot of mistakes just from a from a, just a tactical standpoint, you would, you would see. it's easy to question after the game, but... No, but you knew it, Why you felt it watching the game, too. Yeah, I mean, you had... It, it's not as if Penn State, you know, lucked into this. They, they had missed a field goal, you know, they had, you know, made mistakes, and they were mm-hmm. still in control, right? And still yet, they found a way to, like, kind of puke on themselves a little bit, and... Wow, it, I... I I, what I'll say
0: is that, a bit of a take, but James Franklin is, um, I'm not sure which basketball coach he reminds me of. Fran McCaffrey. It's not Fran. <laughs> Full freak out. It's not Fran McCaffrey. They both kind of look like Beaker, but it's not Fran McCaffrey. No, I think he reminds me of a, um, I think it's Bill Self, oh. where you make you can recruit everybody. No, it is. I mean, he's got a great program. Listen, Penn State is a nationally relevant program after coming from the worst scandal you can come from. It's true. And a lot of credit is due to James Franklin for building a program people want to be a part of. Um, But, he is a really bad in-game coach. He is not, he is bad at controlling the clock. He calls, he doesn't call the offense, so he's not responsible for that. Um, but he just doesn't He doesn't manage anything effectively in-game. They don't adjust. And what happened – and also, the fact that he allowed a draw to be called on fourth and five. Two timeouts. Called both of them.
1: And I think an Ohio State timeout. Three timeouts.
0: Still. And he settled and he allowed – listen, yeah, he may not call the plays, but he knows he – He's, got a, headset he's got a headset on. He's got a
1: headset on. He's the CEO at the end of the day. He can make that call. And hey, maybe let's have the guy. That's just one that's, of
0: the worst plays you'll ever see called.
1: That, I mean, it's so easy, right, to to yeah. to, to, to judge out. But that Trace McSorley was responsible for what ninety percent of the team's offense. He ran for like one hundred and seventy yards. I to to not have him at least be in control. No,
0: what you do is you say. I mean, it's it's really not that difficult in that moment of what you call. Like, there's got to be a handful of plays that run somewhere along the line of watch this one receiver. Mm-hmm. If he is not open right away, run. Do you? That's it. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's what he did all game. Yeah. And they, it they went, away from went up and down the field, and they went away from what worked. And it cost him. And, man, I don't know who they play next week, but... They play a good bye. Oh, a nice bye. Oof, that's... To prepare uh, for us. Prepare. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's not great. Um, yeah, so whoever they play next, this is either going to sting... And they're not going to bounce back from it, or they're going to come back with an absolute vengeance. And I have a feeling it's going to be the latter. And uh, let's just hope we can keep Miles Sanders and, and Trace McSorley in check.
1: We did it last year, at least. It's true. And they had a better version. Come I on,
0: back. Rain. <laughs>
1: it might rain this week, so we'll get some practice in. Um, great game. Uh, you know, kind of what we had. That was what college football was. Yeah, it was like, good It was week. just a great college football game, man. So. Um, Games coming up this week, not a heavy schedule, some nice games. Um, We're not going to both rank them anymore, because what we do want to talk about are some playoff contenders. But there are some good playoff contenders that we want to talk about that um, could be contender-pretender situations. So Mm -hmm. Oklahoma and Texas square off in the shootout. Um, that Texas, I think we both think is not back, but... Um Oklahoma can assert themselves as the real yeah. in this game. I mean, I think Kyler Murray is just the best player on either
0: of these two teams.
1: Heisman Canada. Yeah, uh,
0: understandably. Yeah, and I would expect Oklahoma to kind of roll. I don't think Texas is very good. I still don't. I can't believe they're ranked number 19.
1: <laughs> We're out. <on laughs> yeah, I'm Texas. out on Texas. Um Yeah, that game, uh, Oklahoma is a 7.5 point fave, so... It's a neutral site. Yep, yeah, that's part of it. The other game I want to keep an eye on is LSU, number five LSU at number 22 Florida. LSU, surprise team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially after manhandling Miami to start the year. But uh, at Florida, never easy to go in the swamp. Florida, all of a sudden, that Kentucky loss isn't looking quite so bad. Not at all. Uh, and maybe they're thinking to themselves, are we okay? Flo- Florida looking like they got a defense. Well, and that's just it. So... LSU, Florida, it's going to be... I, I should probably look up the over-under on that one. Yeah, yeah it's going to be take unreal. the under. But uh, it, I wanted to keep an eye on for sure. Um, and then, yeah, it looks like Florida is a three-point dog in this one at home. Interesting game. And then the last one, we're getting back to your Notre Dame Irish. Mm-hmm. Um, at Virginia Tech, and while we were dog in Virginia Tech last week, for losing to defeated... Old Dominion. They bounced back, One at Duke. Now, not a tough place to play, but asserted themselves as uh, a coastal contender again. And Notre Dame wins this game, and you start to look around and say, who are they going to lose to?
0: Yeah, I said this before the pod, and sorry for the sirens if you guys can hear those. Chicago. Uh, it's Chicago. It's fine. Um, if Notre Dame wins this game, I... I think they're more or less a lock for the college football playoffs,
1: Unless there's a derp. Unless they derp, it would be which is
0: entirely possible and I would enjoy thoroughly. It would be a self-inflicted... It, if they don't, yeah. I mean, the let's, again, let's read their schedule. Okay. Um, let's yeah, find it.
1: Yeah, so this week, like you said, at Virginia Tech, always an impossible place to play. Very tough place to play. So that's where, um, you know, to start. Let's just start there. But then from there... Um, you know, they, they, their schedule just gets a lot more manageable.
0: Hold on. Sorry, guys. I'm just scouring the internet for this schedule. And, by the way, the and it's a night game.
1: game. It's a night game. So that's why it gets really yippy.
0: All right, here we go. So um, first thing to point out is that ever since they brought on Ian Book to be the starter and they've won two games. Before that, they had won games 24-17, 24-16, and 22-17 against three teams that are not that good. Um, and then since then... They've won 56-27 on the road and 38-17 against Stanford. Book has thrown for 325 and 278 in those two games. They're very much better. So they win this week. If they were to win this week, your schedule then is home against Pitt, neutral against Navy, at Northwestern, home against Florida State, home against Syracuse, at USC. Now, yeah, there are names in there. Mm Mm-hmm. But Florida is Florida State is an absolute tire fire.
1: Not as bad as it once was. Not as bad. It's they, not good. They though. barely beat a bad Louisville team this week. So I'm not impressed.
0: Uh, they gotta come to South Bend.
1: And then they go to at USC.
0: At USC. Listen, True that's freshman. a tricky one, but I'm again, if Notre Dame's got playoffs on the line, I have not been impressed with USC thus far this year. That's right. Um, I just I mean, Navy I guess is tricky. At they're Northwestern not, shouldn't be a Navy's problem not for tricky. them.
1: They're not that great this
0: it's, year. Uh, it's and Pitt's not as much as we love Pitt the is Cuse, not good this year. The Q game is kind of the last hurdle. At this point, Cuse is playing better than any of those other teams aside right. from Virginia Tech. So, um, I again, I kind of think if they can clear this hurdle, the it's theirs.
1: A spot in the playoff is theirs if, if they want it. So let's let's uh, keep talking about contenders. So, we just happened to take a peek and look around and said, well, who who's really in it? I have a hard time not including UCF this year if they Again. go undefeated. If you go undefeated back-to-back, mm-hmm. never-been-done group of five, kind of hard to yeah, deny man. them, especially if Notre Dame, let's say, loses this week to Virginia Tech. Yeah. And they win out. I mean... How many times can you deny a team that then, like as we mentioned, everyone knows, last year then beat Auburn? Yeah, a very a team that beat the national champion. I mean, they are up there. Now I don't know if you could compare this team to last year's team. I candidly don't know that enough about Central Florida, but I do know their quarterback is awesome.
0: They're good. I, I mean, watched them. Earlier Milton this year. Is,
1: is a stud, and you look at their schedule and you say to yourself, "Well, when do they lose?" Or do they lose? You know they they've handled everyone they've played by at least twenty points. And they and you start to ask yourself, especially if they're beating everyone by uh, you know twenty points, they're not just beating teams; they are they're dominating. Now what? You almost have to let them in. Their toughest game left on the schedule is at Memphis, an O two Memphis team, yeah, O and two in the AAC, and then they would probably play uh Houston in the AAC championship game. They'll probably be, like, 9-3. and three. Ed Oliver could win that game. Well, for them, but, I mean, I'm with you. I mean, they've already beaten UConn by 40. They've beaten Florida Atlantic by 20. And they beat Pitt by 30. I mean, I don't know what you do besides beat everyone you play by a ton. Yep. And at some point, again, it just becomes like a... How do you keep them out? So, uh... We'll Arch. keep an eye on those yes. guys. All right. um, let's keep moving around the Big Ten. The game of the week, clearly, Illinois at Rutgers. It's happening. It's happening. It's not good that it's happening, but it is happening. If no one watches, does it take place? Man, we'll I'm, never know. You might want to. Let's not hide the children on that one. I might even. I don't think. I honestly, I don't think they put it up on my. Oh, they did. Illinois is a four-point fave. Mm-hmm. Who you got in that one? Illinois four-point fave at Rutgers. Uh,
0: if Rutgers has a win on its schedule, it's this game.
1: You want you want Rutgers for the win, straight up?
0: <laughs> no, I don't want. No, I want no. I don't want my name associated with this game in any way.
1: I've already might, spent
0: too much time talking about I might about mess it. around and just put a ton of money on this
1: and see if yep. that, that would be a very John Kirby move of you. So, yeah, I think you should. All right, Maryland at Michigan is the other 11 a.m. That's bloodbath. DJ Durkin makes his return, and he'll be embraced yeah. uh, in uh, Ann Arbor. Yep. Uh, Iowa at Minnesota in the afternoon game, and then Indiana at Ohio State. Um, for me, we have... Uh, a new segment, the upset alert in the Big Ten or an oh-oh game. Uh, for me, the oh game has got to be Iowa at Minnesota. I think Iowa is much better than Minnesota, but this is just one of those, when you're Iowa, you always This trip. is a very game. Just so Iowa, right? Yes. To have a dumb loss at Minnesota, who will probably care a lot about winning, I believe, the Floyd of Rosedale. That's right, trophy. the pig. They care a lot more. They haven't, you know, it's something you want. Who doesn't want the pig? Strong agree. And then Nebraska at Wisconsin, as we alluded to, night game in uh, Madison. They didn't need to do I, that. I, yeah, that's, that's rubbing that's it. In. sort of rude. Wisconsin's only get twenty one points in this game. The, the twenty one point fave. Yeah, like, uh, I don't feel like that's uh, enough. I kind
0: of feel like that's that's a line I like for Wisconsin.
1: I, I don't. Th- yeah, I was gonna say I don't think that's enough. I think yeah. it should be like twenty four. Well, don't tell Vegas. I mean, come on. It's early in the week. Hey, don't listen to me either. All
0: right, so you've got Penn State and Purdue on buys. Um Big Ten game of the week it might be our game? I don't know.
1: It's I don't not, think any of these are particularly
0: it. compelling. It's probably Iowa, Minnesota, but... Um, but I don't
1: think that game even matters.
0: No, it doesn't. Because but if we're just talking strictly like, like watchability? competitive, yeah. Watchability? I don't think I don't this know ours is going to be very good.
1: So let's get into it. Um yeah. You know, we, we mentioned Michigan State hosting Northwestern. Uh, it's a noon kick on FS1. The spread opened at 11 and a half, which is a little Way bit too surprising high. for Michigan State.
0: <laughs> Way too high.
1: Early weather forecast, granted it is Monday when we're recording, um, looks like showers. Yeah, I, again, I don't really hate it. Well, um, we'll get into why that might be helpful for the Michigan State team, but Austin, I will turn it over to you because it is at your favorite time of the program. Yes. Roster names. Hello. Uh, If you're new to the pod, this is where uh, we give Austin as long as he'd like to just go through (laughs) Northwestern's roster and say names and laugh about it. Yeah, okay,
0: here we go. We got some good ones here. Start off with Solomon Vault. That sounds like a Bond villain. (laughs) Solomon Vault. 5'10 wide receiver senior.
1: Don't think he's going to play.
0: Might not play. Uh JJ Jefferson, that's pretty good. Triple J. It seems like a little unnecessary. J3. Alonzo Mayo, like that one. Mm. Um come on, guys. Let's step it up here. I'm already into the twenties. Yeah. Um Chi and Wu. I like that one a lot. That makes up for a soft Chi. Uh big Chi. No Trey, nice. Trey Clock, spelled K-L-O-C-K. <laughs> uh patty fisher love that name just a good irish boy uh devin o'rourke speaking of irish people what else we got here willie boatman Mm. oh man Mm. that's right up there for me Mm. good old willie boatman that that dude is gonna oh man if he's not owning a bar like three years after (laughs) he's graduated from school like on him like on a marina
1: what are we doing yeah that's well, he's yeah. like, well, I went to Northwestern, I'm probably gonna have a sweet job. Yeah, so. But it's
0: a really nice bar. Um uh wow. Ramad Chia Ohio Bowman. Wow. Yeah, that is a, you are welcome. All name team. Yeah, he's up there. Um <laughs> Sam Dup Miller. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's good. And Tommy Carnifax. Show me Show the me. Carnifax. <laughs> yeah,
1: he beat me too. Oh it. my
0: god. If that has not been said a thousand times on television, I want to fire every announcer who's ever Poor called it. Poor guy. Me. He's like,
1: yeah, no. no Show really me
0: the carnifacts. Oh, my God. I wish he was good and played. That'd be great. Okay. Well, that Any was other? fun. That's one of my favorite ones. No. Um, uh, there are some names you're going to need to know.
1: All right. So hit me with those.
0: Cool. Um, well, I guess before we get to that, uh, Northwestern's pretty bad. Um, I think in general that's a safe thing to say. Uh, and I, I gotta think this season thus far has been a pretty major, pretty major disappointment for them, especially after winning the first game on the road at Purdue, really the first game of the year. Um, yeah, obviously Purdue no great shakes themselves, but after that, you know, coming home and losing a really uninspiring game against Duke.
1: Oh um, yeah, that was bad.
0: that was one of the worst games I've ever watched. I watched it in person; It was terrible. Um. Then losing again at home to Akron, which I don't care if Akron's good. That's a bad loss. Uh, And then blowing a game against Michigan. I mean, really, not only three losses in a row, but three demoralizing losses for separate reasons, you know? And then all during that, their best. Maybe their best offensive player, uh, Jeremy Larkin, the running back, had to retire because he was diagnosed with spinal stenosis. So that's obviously terrible. Um, So now you're looking at a team that is coming off of three straight, like I said, for a variety of reasons, demoralizing losses, uh, all three at home, um, which is maybe the worst part of the whole thing, down its best offensive playmaker uh, and headed to a place that They've had a lot of success before, but against a team that is going to take away what they kind of want to do and running the ball. Like they love to do, they do a lot of the read option yep. stuff. Um, and one of the reasons I think their offense had scuffled a little bit early in the season was that Clayton Thorson, who is their senior quarterback, mm-hmm. um, who if you remember towards ACL catching a pass in his bowl game, yep. came back in kind of record time, not record time, but really quickly Um he can't run yet.
1: He, he was also well, and uh, Pat Fitzgerald was, you know, quoted as saying he was thrilled that he played the whole game against Michigan.
0: Yeah, so that That'll tells play. you where he's at. I mean, this kid. Let's see here. I'm going to pull up his his stats. Um, so for his career. I mean, he's never a great runner, but he had eight touchdowns on the ground last year and five each of the previous two seasons. This year, he's run for negative 67 yards with a long of six. I mean, he's career-long was 68 yards as a freshman. Yeah, it's, his game's you know, changed. He's a much different player, and it shows in their offense. Now, passing... He's actually kind of on par with where he's been most yeah. of his career. He's, he's completing fine. 61% of his passes, thrown for almost 1,000 yeah. yards already, three touchdowns.
1: Taking away their most is what makes him a really strong college quarterback. Yeah, Taking that away.
0: Yes. And um, one of the things that was pointed out to me, and as soon as it was pointed out, I noticed it, and it is very apparent, is he is not comfortable in the pocket. He does not He does not do a good job of sitting there. Mm-hmm. What he does is the second he he kind of sees ghosts and he will roll to his right. Mm. Like the way Brian work, he kind of spins over his back shoulder. Thorsten's yeah. the same way, except he'll roll to his right every time. This game for Michigan State shapes up well in that you've got a guy who's not going to really be able to get out of the pocket, but yeah. also doesn't want to be in the pocket. So that's a really tough combination yeah. <laughs> for a quarterback. And uh, Michigan State's pass rush, and rush, deep, rush defense, obviously we've talked all about it. Um, But the pass rushers looked really good. I think better than anybody really anticipated to date.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Northwestern, not a great offensive line. I mean, this is going to be a game where they're going to have a tough time scoring the ball, in my opinion. So,
1: uh, Northwestern's rushing offense is 119th in the nation, out of 130. That Mm -hmm. is by far the worst of all Michigan State opponents.
0: So, they have 379 total rushing yards. 346 of those were Jeremy Larkin.
1: And he is is now retired. So, um, you're going to see, I mean, this is, talk about a changing your entire season. Yeah, right? it's a it's a brutal. So, you, going up against the number, as we know, the best rush defense in the country, mm-hmm. what you're going to see is what they do best is probably passing only. Um, yep. And it's, uh, they are decent at that. 30th in nation, uh, 30th in nation, 274 yards a game. That's, for reference, um, second two uh, of the MSU opponents. Too. Now,
0: now that has been, the only thing I'll say is that that is buoyed big time by a uh, game against Akron uh, in, loss. in which that they lost in which um, let's see here. Hold on. Sorry. I'm to the game log uh, in which Thorson. So Thorson so far this year, thrown for a little, a little under a thousand yards, 383 of those yards came against Akron now against Duke, Purdue and Michigan, your three big teams, you know, your three power five teams, Uh, he has thrown for less than 200 yards in every game, Uh, one interception, no touchdowns. He had three touchdowns and two picks against Akron. I mean, he's just not doing a lot against good defenses, and
1: you could make an argument he's about to face the best one he's seen all year. So Akron was 119th in pass defense. Right now, Michigan State is 107th. So worth, worth considering that we are what they're seeing as a very uh, soft uh, secondary at this point. And the only fair enough. And the only thing they can do, they they don't have a choice. I expect
0: them to have some success throwing the ball. They, if they commit to just, we're going to throw and that's it. um, We've seen them kill Michigan state with that before we've seen Clayton Thorson kill Michigan state at Michigan state before with this, but um, they don't have explosive athletes on the outside at all uh I mean Scroronic and Flynn Nagel are decent players but I don't think you're writing home about their athleticism I don't think you're particularly worried about them as Michigan State uh what's going to be interesting is if and again what they've done so well in the past against MSU is they've used that play that read option which is this is not this is a common theme against this defense historically they use that read option to get the cornerbacks sort of offset, and you get that keep that defensive line from bearing down on you. Yep, and then you make the corners pay. And you use that, it's one read. You either hand the ball off or you are going to that one wideout. And they may do the same thing, but mm-hmm. if Michigan State is smart, they will the corners will read, you'll just stay glued to those wideouts, and MSU will sell out against the running back every single time. I don't think. Thorson at this point is worth even considering as a quarter, but as a weapon on the other team.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and he, he'll have to be if they right. And if they, they want to win, he's got to do stuff he hasn't done so far this year. So um, which he could do. He's a good player. Yeah. Some more notes, um, you know, Michigan, you know, on the offensive side, Michigan State has the ball. You know, we've bon- gone up to a hundredth in the nation averaging 130 yards of rushing per game Uh, unfortunately northwestern's rushing defense is 147 gives up 142 uh, yards per game that's 52nd in the nation and is best of all of our opponents we've played so far so we haven't even played a good rush defense yet
0: yeah, and they've played against teams that have good rushing attacks. They did get gashed pretty good by Michigan last
1: week on several occasions. Michigan does have a pretty good rushing attack. Um, and they, they really force-fed in that game. Michigan did. They gave Higdon the ball, I believe, like 30 times, times or yet. something. I mean, that was like Lloyd Carr-esque in the amount of times that yep. they were like doing this. <laughs> Javon Ringer-esque. Well, and part of it was because, as we the, er, the erratic play from their quarterback... Um, uh, they had to do that. Yeah. Higdon had 30 carries. It really wasn't that 30 carries for 115.
0: Meh. I I will say one thing. Well, not one thing. I'll say the next thing I'm going to say is that I think Michigan state has the chance to expose them. Uh, assuming speedy Naylor and Daryl Stewart are playing. I think Michigan state has a big yes. time advantage in the passing game. Athletes uh, in space. That's it. Must. Bottom line. Um, the safeties for, for, uh, Northwestern are not Bad. spry. They're slow guys. They have trouble covering space. Um, this is, and that, I mean that's just it. I mean, Michigan. This this shapes up as a game where MSU, if they just again commit to throwing the ball, make smart plays. Even with, we didn't even mention the fact that Cody White broke his hand. By the way,
1: well, yeah, we yes, we have um,
0: even without him. If you have Stewart, Naylor, and uh, Felton.
1: Felton playing. I feel pretty good about that offense. So Northwestern's passing defense is 74th in the nation. That is the worst of any opponent Michigan state's played so far. So if there is a time, Brian, it is now uh, to figure it out, but let's talk about what Northwestern does. Well, Um, this is what I would encourage everyone to keep an eye on. Uh, Northwestern is fan frickin' tastic at scripted initial possessions. Uh, To date, Um, The Purdue, their first game, they scored on their first two possessions, two touchdowns. Um, That was 14 of their 31 total points. (laughs) Against Duke, they scored on their first possession for a touchdown, the only points they scored that game. Uh, Against Akron, their first two possessions was a punt and a missed field goal. Granted, they dropped 39 on that game, but Akron, man. Yeah. And then against Michigan, their first three possessions were touchdown, field goal, touchdown, the only points they scored that game. So, like, start fast. And if Michigan State can stop the scripted down the first two possessions, if they come away with only scoring once, feel really good about that. Yep. Because Notre, or excuse, Northwestern is probably not going to score a ton of points. We know Michigan State probably won't either. So, if... Just they could. A, so, in this game, if you stop... Northwestern's best weapon is planning ahead which is why they scored twice against Purdue. They had all season to figure it out. It's why <laughs> they scored against Michigan. They had a very strict plan and they executed it to perfection. They are awful at halftime adjustments. They have, yeah. they have been outscored 59-13 to 13 in the second half. That's incredible. Yeah. Against some not great teams. They scored zero points in the second half against uh, Purdue. Still won. Gave up 10. Gave... Zero points scored against Duke. Um, 13 points scored in the second half against Akron, and they gave up 36 to Akron. Yikes. Zero points scored against Michigan in the second half. 13 given up in the second half. So if you can get to halftime against them, we've seen, and you are ahead or even tied, things should be fine. Yeah, you're in pretty good shape. That's the goal here, Um, especially as you mentioned with Cody White out indefinitely.
0: Yeah, I mean, you pretty much you arguably lost your you mo- most explosive offensive player. Yep. Although Jalen Neal is, I mean, well, certainly the, the sample size is much smaller, Let's see. but uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, you lost a, a huge weapon. You lost an, an absolutely huge weapon. Again, I said earlier, I'm, I'm still impressed by the depth. I, I know you're not a Larice Nelson guy. I like Larice Nelson a lot. I think he's a reliable underneath receiver. I think Jalen Naylor's got a lot more in him if he's healthy. You've seen Daryl Stewart make huge plays in huge games, and Felton is a Sunday player. That's a lot of weapons in the passing game, and you still have those three running backs. If you have L.J. Scott, you got four. You're not going to see all four play, but um, and you've still got a running and you still got a quarterback who can run. Do you have more than enough to work with your he's offensively to, to be very? good? good in general, mm-hmm. especially this upcoming Saturday. Um, it's funny coming into the year. This was one that I looked at that I was like, kind of scares me. Like that's usually a pretty damn good team. That's, you know, at least disciplined and, and tough mm-hmm. to beat. And frankly, they've had our number recently.
1: Last, um, three of the last four years. Yeah.
0: So, you know, it's always been, it's never an easy game, but this year, despite, Having you know some really good players out, Cody White, Josh Hart, or Jake Hartberger, obviously Josiah Scott's still out, Alexander Alexander's still out. Uh, yeah. You got plenty of other dudes that you don't know. You don't know the status of Jarvis and Chewins and some, you know, L.J. Scott. Um, I think a lot of them were held out last week just as a precaution coming into yep, this week. I think we thought, uh, but I, I still think this is a game Michigan State should win. And should. And, and to be honest. Absolutely. I think it's a bigger game than we maybe are letting on right now because absolutely the difference between four and one and three and two is massive, it is massive, seismic. Massive, 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 and especially in your division, seismic. I mean, in the Big Ten, in in general, like you you can't lose, you don't want to, you can't lose this. You, you have too not. many other big games coming you up.
1: Cannot. We've already thankfully. Homecoming, it cannot happen. And you don't want to, it's, you know, you never want to be hyperbolic and be like, season's over if you lose this game. But because uh, they are big game team, mean... but it would be very indicative. Of the, the rest of the season, if you couldn't pull this one off.
0: Well, I mean, you technically could still bounce back from this because it wouldn't be a division loss. But I mean, it doesn't matter. You're not going to convince me that Michigan State's beating more than one of the big three teams they have to play, especially after what I watch. I mean, you think they're going to? You think they're going to march into Penn State and win the week after losing at home to Northwestern? I don't.
1: Be very on brand of us.
0: <laughs> what to march into Penn yeah. State and win? Yeah, it would but but I you know this. I think this is similar to that Indiana game in a way where it's just like, it's a game you should
1: win. And you, you, I don't want to say survive in advance, but you do. Yeah, in a
0: way it is. I mean, with the way this team is playing, what I, I look at this game and I think, this is a chance to get on track. Mm-hmm. This is a game, if you go out, play to your utmost potential, play your game, don't be stupid, Yep. this is a game you should win. Yep. And you should win by... 11 Eleven and a half to and fourteen points. I mean, you're just
1: the better team. You're right. In the two deep, we are the better team, even with these injuries. Yeah, and fortunately, not fortunately in that the kids hurt, but meaning that they are their best player is hobbled. Meaning, you know, there's really no, we have the better players. The, the
0: situation field. is what it is. So we're in an advantageous position. We're a more talented team. You play the hand you're dealt we've lost
1: plenty of great players to injuries. So let's talk about Cody and what that means. I wanted to make a quick analogy on his injury and maybe what that means for the rest of the season. Now it is Monday. We don't know necessarily what the outlook is going to be. And honestly, it might be kept pretty close to the best. We don't know how long generally, I mean, broken wrists are at best four to six weeks. The hand, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. He got kicked in the hand. I don't know. It quite happened, but, uh, the result is the same, is he's not playing. And what really, really, really hurts here for Michigan State is that this is an offense that already wasn't that explosive. You didn't have any home run hitters. Mm-hmm. Jalen Naylor is the only home run hitter on this team. And Cody White is your best home run hitter. And when I say home run, I think about it this way in this analogy. He's our best, statistically, was our best three-point shooter. Sure. Meaning... He in an explosive play in football is a three pointer, a 20 po- or 20 yard gain that's a three pointer that yep. changes everything, especially when you have a team. Now, granted, against Central, we cleaned it up a bit and only had five penalties. But when, you, when, you have, when you don't have to have eight to 12 play drives, yeah, that's that many less mistakes you have to make. Cody White can just bust one for a 40 yard pass play and score, that yeah. saves so much, so many headaches, right. Well, unfortunately, now we lost our best three point shooter for the foreseeable future. That changes things. It means you have to be creative and find other, quote, three point shooters. Jalen Naylor, Daryl Stewart, Felton Davis. You have to be, now you have to, we have to figure out do we really, is this offense going to be completely possession the way it was? And is that sustainable? I don't think it can be because you can't run the ball. And it's not sustainable. Exactly. So now you have to start figuring out, Are we going to start making um, running plays or or running schemes that are a little um, higher risk, uh, higher reward? You know, where you start making those decisions instead of a possession by, you know, playing by the book, playing, you know, time of possession. Let's keep moving along. I don't know if you can do that. Can't play as much situational football. Again, this game, you can. When you start to play teams that um, have Insane. your talent level or more talent than you, I don't know if you can. Now, we yeah, have... I
0: think you have to take more risks. I think this that's, the, that's what happens when you don't have a running game and then it's exacerbated by the fact that your most explosive player
1: is just, not available. Just like underdogs in basketball, the great equalizer, the three-pointer. Yeah. In football, the great equalizer is an explosive play. And if you have explosive players that can make up for a lack of offensive line or being people that are hurt, you yeah. can make up for a lot of things. So I agree. We'll get into you know how, what that means as the season progresses, but um, once we figure out how long he's probably going to be out. But as you mentioned, a capable wide receiving core right now. More than Kate, in my opinion, it's far more than capable. But but one that is at, in my opinion, the no more straws can break. No, I mean, if you lose another, even on the it doesn't team. even matter which one of them it is.
0: Um, but if, if any of them get hurt, then, yeah, I mean, you're... Well, listen, it, it's, it's part of what we talked about at the beginning of the year, that the top-level talent on this team is really, good. really, really good. But when you start to lose players off of that top line... You open. You have a lot of questions that need to be answered, and on the offensive line, you're seeing some some trouble answering those questions. Yeah. In the defensive backfield, you're seeing some trouble. A little. I think it's it's exaggerated, but some trouble replacing a Josiah Scott,
1: you know, who hopefully is back sooner than we think. He, man, he got hurt at the beginning of camp. That was what the beginning of August. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we might start to see uh, an update. Probably not this week, but I think we had always kind of we, not the team, just looking at his injury, had been targeting at Penn State as his potential first rep. I don't know if that's realistic, but they rep. said that he
0: was able to practice last week, right? Yeah, I don't, know I don't what think that you're means. gonna get. I don't think you're gonna get much out of them. I think it's he's gonna show up on game day and be playing. So, I don't expect.
1: Why would they tip their hand? I, and I don't think yet. I'm just going off the weeks. No, you're right. So. um... And the other people we might, I would like to see uh, Dylan Alexander. Mm-hmm. We need some that DN depth. Uh, they've been fine. You know who else has been playing really well? Um, we've seen uh, a lot more pressure on the quarterback, and I think uh, Brandon Randall, yeah. has has been playing really well. Really well. I, I agree. Mean, he, he had every the has found has found it a little bit. Yeah, and the limited time he doesn't get a ton of reps, but man, when he's on the field, you know it. And I was oh, yeah. Really surprised. So. No, he's
0: done. I mean, his emergence has been a big deal. I think. Um, I mean, I just don't think you can give Kenny Willikas enough credit. Oh man,
1: he's doing it alone. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Well, the thing
0: is, it's him. What he does a great job of is exposing exposing those one on one blocks because you have to double team one yep. of those defensive tackles. Those otherwise you don't stand a chance. So. Which is why you get to see uh, Brandon Randall. Yep. Know, clean up. And again, they're running. They did it again last week. Yep. They're getting creative with those fronts. It. And it's worth, and it, I mean, getting home the numbers home. bear
1: it out, man. It works. Starting to get home. Um, the only other player that obviously want everyone back, uh, but a name we didn't mention that didn't play last week, Colin Lucas um, might not seem like a big deal, but man, when you need to get a running game on track, just having a fullback that can just like yep. get help seal blocks, like having him back, I hope and think may be helpful for the running game, especially against a team like um, Northwestern, who uh, is going to be the best rush defense we've played so far.
0: So I don't think we're going to run the ball all that well on him. Yeah. It's up to Brian. Every game from here on out, in my opinion, is up to Brian. Except for Rutgers. Except for Rutgers. So, That's uh, Rocky. <laughs> so, um, should be a good one. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, again, I... I think John and I made it pretty clear. I think this is a game Michigan State should win. Hopefully, you know uh, they don't get caught looking ahead to heading to Happy Valley. But I don't um, think you can, and I don't think no, I don't think they're in a position to do so,
1: especially because they're not undefeated. So come
0: out here, have a good week, win a home game, should enjoy your homecoming, enjoy and then and gear up for a massive. Massive game. But don't forget Mar- uh, Midnight Madness. Don't forget Midnight Madness. If you get the chance to go, get excited. Watch these young kids. I think you'll have some fun watching uh,
1: these youngsters. Do What do you think Izzo crying. will dress up as? For me, I was going to say Kanye or uh, Lil Pump in oh, that God. video. Oh, with the big square the shirt? Big squ- the massive, they like, almost look like sumo wrestling yeah. guys. I'd be into that. I think you might see that. I'd be into it. It'd be funny, and all the kids will get it. Big square, Tom. If you don't know what we're talking about, it's okay.
0: It's okay. I barely, not I barely know what we're talking about. And it's really
1: not about. that funny. So. It's not.
0: <laughs> all right, guys. Well, uh, yeah, let's get that dub. Uh, for John, this has been Austin, as always. Uh, thanks for listening, and we will catch you guys next week. All right,
1: see you.